Kelly Spears, and this is The Dirt, where we dig deep with those helping to feed the world. Episode 21, Natalie Kavoric. So, scratch that, starting over. <laughs> so, I am sitting down today with Natalie Kavoric, and Natalie lives in Nebraska with her family where they ranch, and um, she has some other business ventures, and um, but particularly has a fairly interesting story of how she's kind of come to be where she's at now. Um, so, Natalie, if you would not mind starting us off by kind of just telling us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your story. I'd love to. Uh, thanks so much for having me on today, too. Absolutely. So, um, as you said, I'm Natalie Kavoric, and I am, I like to say, a rancher's daughter turned ranch wife turned ranch mom. So, I was actually born and raised in southwest Montana, um, fourth generation on a registered Hereford operation there. Um, and it was very much a family business. Two of my sisters are still on the ranch um, working with my dad. So, um, my parents, I don't think they ever wanted us to feel like tied to the ranch or like we had to take it over. So they always really encourage us to do something else beyond agriculture, if that's what we wanted. Um, so I actually got my degree in pharmacy and that is what I did kind of for a period of my life. So after graduation, until I met my husband, I was actually work working in the medical field, um, in one of the bigger cities in, in Montana. So I was still connected to agriculture. Um, it wasn't far from the ranch and we were out there all the time, but um, I wasn't, I guess I wouldn't say I was like directly involved in agriculture. Um, that changed when I met my husband who is a fifth generation rancher down here in Nebraska. And that's kind of how I ended up down um, here ranching in the heartland with him. So we met a couple of years ago at my family's annual bull sale. Um, and through a whirlwind, I'm back, came full circle, <laughs> back on the ranch. Um, and like you said, we're kind of just ranching and family down here. Uh, we have two boys with a third on the way, and I just pretty much share our dailies on uh, social media. Yeah, and so, um, by the way, congratulations on the new edition who is soon to arrive, right? We're getting to the, the close mark there. Final countdown. Like you, that song to play, that'd be great. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, November, so we're, <laughs> we're like on a four, four week countdown. Getting close, getting close. Um, but you mentioned that you had, yes. kind of before returning back to the ranch life of things, um, you were a pharmacist. Now, is that something that you still kind of do part time or completely on the ranch now? Yeah, so as anyone who in agriculture knows, off-ranch jobs are um, usually important and they're needed. So yes, I still work. Um, I'm fortunate enough to work part-time. I only work two days. Um, the We are not far. We're outside of a little community of about 2,000. Um, and we're only, our ranch is probably only about five miles. It's about a 10-minute drive into town. So um, it's not very far. And there's a little critical access hospital there. Um, and so two days a week, I work as a staff pharmacist there. Okay, very cool. And so you really kind of get the best of both worlds then as far as the ranch life and then kind of get to escape sometimes for the city life aspect as well on a small town scale, I guess. Yeah, it's nice. Um, I mean, I love my days at home. My husband and I talked about it before we, uh, you know, expanded the family that we knew I wanted to be home um, as much as possible with the kids. And so I feel very, very blessed. I know being a stay at home mom, isn't for everyone. Um, and we're all entitled to make our own choice of what's best for, you know, yourself as well as 
your family, but that was something that was important to us. And so, yeah, I feel lucky that I get to be home as much as I do, but on the same note, um, I worked really hard for my degree um, in my education and it's something I'm proud of and, and something I enjoy. Um, I think providing uh, rural healthcare is important in these small communities. And so I feel very fortunate that I get to play a role in doing that um, two days a week. And it's always nice to have a little bit of break too and you know, not have kids climbing on you and not chasing cows that got out and stuff. So yeah, I'm, <laughs> I, I do like my, my few days off of the ranch. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm glad that you kind of bring that up too, because I think a lot of people and there's kind of maybe this stigma in the agriculture community to where if you're not on the ranch or you're not on the farm every single day, then, you know, how could you portray yourself as being a part of the community? And maybe because you are in a situation where you're not every single day um, working on the ranch, how has that kind of played into some of the things you've done or um, people you've interacted with maybe? Yeah, I think that's a very important topic. Um, we all provide to our ranch and our farm in a different way. Um, and some, for some women or some men, sometimes the women is the, the head rancher or farmer. You know, for some spouses, the way we contribute is by bringing off ranch income. For, for me, ranch or off farm, I guess if I'm speaking in general terms. But um, I think it's downplayed. And I think that, that that does mentally weigh on a lot of people that there is this um, feeling and this need to be, you know, involved 24 seven to consider ourselves real ranchers and farmers. Do I call myself a rancher? No. Um, again, another hot topic. I take great pride in being a ranch wife. Um, I think it's a beautiful title. I think we've evolved. I think we're so important on the ranch or farm, farm wives. Um, and so that's, I know that's a hot topic with a lot of women. They don't want to be called the wife portion. They want to be associated with the ownership portion. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, it's just to each their own. You know, they're just titles that we wear and associate ourselves with. And I think when it comes down to the day, everyone knows that agriculture is a, a family business. Um, and we wouldn't make it if we all weren't contributing in different ways on our operations. So I'm fortunate that I get to spend five days out, you know, I like <laughs> kind of fortunate because I'm a fair weather rancher. So when it's cold, I don't have to actually be out working. <laughs> um, but on nice days, I'm, Jackson and I are usually taken along with um, Luke and I'm fortunate for that. And like I said, you know, I take, I take pride in the fact that um, I'm still contributing to our family, even though I'm not off the ranch. And I think women should hear that and know that um, and feel that same way for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Just kind of knowing that whatever role you play is important and whatever aspect it might be. Um, but touching on the ranch wife aspect of things, you have a phrase that you've used kind of throughout posts of like the modern ranch wife. And what does that phrase really kind of mean? I think it kind of encompasses everything you just touched on, but what is, how does that connect to you? Yeah, I, I guess I threw modern in there because when I was creating, you know, like our website or design or trying to refer to myself, um, I do think there is that stigma with the ranch wife or the farm wife, um, thought of, you know, very old fashioned. Um, and so I just was trying to find like a keyword or a way to describe or highlight that, um, you know, we've moved and we've evolved and we've grown um, and you don't have to be um, 
I mean, it really, it comes down to, I don't know if anyone has, is familiar with Courtney DeHoff, mm-hmm. um, but she has a kind of a campaign or a slogan she's pushing that is the fancy lady cowgirl. Um, and that, a modern ranch wife, I guess, was my poor attempt at <laughs> coming up with the fancy lady cowgirl. It was just a way to say that, you know, I am working off the ranch. I enjoy traveling. I enjoy doing all of these things that encompass more than just a ranch wife but at my heart I am still very much a ranch wife and I am proud of that and so I guess like I said when I picked the word modern it was just kind of a way to to um show that I'm still a ranch wife and I'm proud of that um but in more of you know a 2020 sense I guess right yeah and that's funny you bring up Courtney because I just spoke with Courtney um, on Monday, I guess it was, um, and we kind of dove into that. So good, good segue to to bring her into because I agree, <laughs> it's kind of I don't know. There's this whole movement, I guess, of this you know women in agriculture and um, everyone using their platforms to tell the tell the stories. And I mean, I clearly with ag chicks being my kind of platform that I'm using, I'm falling into that and trying to take advantage of that edge of things but what's kind of your take on this movement of agriculture women in agriculture I think it's great um I mean I'm a champion for women all the time um like I said I still am proud to to I still um I guess I still uphold like the traditions um and I, I guess I don't want us to ever move away from that or lose that um, but yeah, I think it's really great. I think that social media is a beautiful pa- platform for us to tell our stories um, and to stand proud um, and whatever that rings true. So if that's for women to you know, champion that they're the rancher and the head part of the operation, that's great. If that's for them to you know, champion the wife role and the things that the wife does um, and how important they are, that's great. Um, and like Court DeHoff's message, you know, I think it's all beautiful. I think we all have really important things to say and they're all different things and we don't have to align. I think that's kind of one of the hard things about social media is we feel like everyone has to align with the same um, title or campaign or movement and we don't have to, you know, what's important to one person isn't important to the other, but we all have, you know, we all very much so have a right to share, you know, what's important to us. So I think it's beautiful. Exactly. And speaking about social media, that's how I came across you and how I come across most of the individuals I speak with. But how has social media kind of allowed you to maybe share your story in a more um, wire reaching span, I guess, or aided you in telling that story? (laughs) It's it's the greatest tool. I can't believe it's free, honestly, like the marketing and advertising and connecting you can do nowadays on social media between the fly um between all the different platforms whether it's like youtube or instagram or twitter or facebook you know whichever one you're active on um it is amazing the potential the amount of people you have the potential to reach um and so yeah it's it's insane social media has changed everything almost i mean when it comes to marketing and advertising whether you're a large corporation or a small business um it's I I just really feel like it's changed everything. Yeah, absolutely. And then you guys also have, you're on YouTube now. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling 
wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. What kind of made you decide, and YouTube's a beast of its own, I feel like, but what made you kind of decide to take that leap of faith and plunge into that one as well? Yeah, I had known starting out, um, I guess I'm kind of a believer in, um, I just didn't want to spread myself too thin when I started sharing our story of agriculture and our family. And so I knew I wanted to pick one platform. Um, And Instagram has always been the one I've been most comfortable with. I had had a personal account a long time ago. Um, I just knew the ins and outs of it. So I always felt pretty strongly that instead of, you know, mediocrely showing up on a bunch of different platforms, I wanted to like kind of like you said, understand the beast of one platform and really get comfortable with it and make a presence on one of them. And then after I had done that, I knew I would eventually jump to like another one. Um, And I didn't know what it would be. Um, And I think I had heard different stories about like Twitter and Facebook and I knew I didn't want to jump onto them. And I had some friends that were doing really successful um, sharing on YouTube. And my husband and I actually went down, there was a conference in Omaha in December of 2019 that YouTube was at. It was a farming convention, but YouTube was there. Um, And so we went down um, and we spent a couple of days down there and there was a whole group of friends that were active in the farming community that were um, there because to to kind of talk about their roles on YouTube and kind of after, you know, speaking with them directly and then just hearing the things YouTube, the company itself had to say about um, farming and ranching on YouTube. Um, my husband and I left and I, I kind of said, I think, you know, we should make the jump to YouTube. I think we should, we should give it a try. And thankfully he went down with me because he had heard everything I heard. And he was like, yeah, I think it's a good idea. It sounds like people are having, you know, success with it. Um, and yeah, ever since we've just, I love the platform. Um, it is a lot of work, but at the same time, it's also not, um, Instagram is a lot of curation and, and that's just me personally. I really like to keep a very curated beautiful feed. You know, one of my mottos um, or missions, I guess is a better word for Instagram is to, to kind of showcase the beauty of the Western lifestyle. And so I really try and keep a, you know, a very beautiful feed. Um, and so for me, that's a lot of work. Um, whereas YouTube, I am pretty much just out filming in the raw. It's very unedited. I do it on my phone. It is nothing fancy. And so that's kind of a relief for me that, um, you know, it's just our family out together. It's very simple. I whip out my phone, um, but it is a lot of work to edit and do a lot of other behind the scenes. But I do enjoy that it's like a more unedited raw feeling to, to agriculture than my Instagram is. Right. And that's probably, I mean, I think that's why people connect to it as well is because they feel like they're riding around in the truck with you probably and um, get a really kind of good feel of you as a personality wise. And then what, what you guys do on your operation as well. Yep. I've actually listened to, um, I, I am a podcast fiend, so I like to, to always learn, especially um, when some of my businesses revolve around social media. So I listen to a lot of social media podcasts. Um, and they say some of the best channels on YouTube do well because they are so raw people feel like they just, they just want to feel like they're there with you. And so usually sometimes the, the less edited, the better when it comes to YouTube. Absolutely. And, um, speaking a little bit too about your operation. 
So you mentioned you guys have a cow-calf operation in Nebraska. What does your operation kind of look like, like on a day-to-day basis? What, what's going on right now? What's calving season? All that kind of stuff going on. Sure. So my husband graduated in 2009 and he came back to our operation then. He knew, I mean, Luke has known forever that he wanted to ranch. He's one of those lucky individuals that just knew, you know, what they wanted to do and, and, and love it. And so he came back and um, I referred myself as a fourth generation rancher and he's a fifth generation rancher, but um, our operation is technically a first generation ranch. Um, so he actually had to hit both of his parents. Um, it's very confusing. His mom grew up on a ranch, but her um, brother and brother-in-law run it. And his dad had the little homestead. Uh, he was an only child. And so he inherited the little homestead that is like the current head of our, you know, where we um, like our, we live in um, Luke's grandparents' house. And so that was inherited by him. Um But other than that, Luke really had to build a lot of our ranch. And so the first thing he did was cow-calf. And so that, I guess I consider that like the heart of our operation because we've been doing that for the longest. Mm -hmm. Um, And my husband loves cattle. And so he just loves that you can, it's like a large amount of numbers that you can acquire. And so he'll never step away. I think he'll always be a cow-calf man just because the more cows, the better for Luke. Right. Um, And then, so that's kind of like I said, the main thing that that we do is cow calf but within the last couple of years we started a registered um, angus herd okay and that's around 25 bulls we're selling right now um and so we're slowly growing that with a lot of work and time and effort and that i think is where my husband's real true passion lies um he could sit down and talk about you know genetics and breeding and for hours and hours and hours and so it's really been fun to see him build that up and i know he has a lot of pride in that and so those are kind of the two things um, that are the main things around here. Um, but again, because we are first generation, technically, um, we have to do a lot of things to bring in un- income that, you know, we don't always want to be doing. <laughs> and right. so right. we also background a little bit. Um, and that's kind of what we're getting ready to, to gear up to do right now is bringing um, calves in background and feed them through the winter. And then um, Luke also has an AI business, which is what keeps us really, really busy in the spring. Um, and is also the reason that we don't farm. So um, when I say ranch, um, that's pretty much what we do. Um, we have, we lease out a lot of our irrigated land to local farmers, and then we do plant some of our own dry land so that we can use um, like corn for silage. Um, and we'll do a little bit of cover crops that our cattle can graze on. But for the most part, like, my husband prefers cows over tractors. And so we are very much so a ranch family. Um, and like I said, two, the two main things are cow, calf and, and our registered herd. And then we have a few things on the side to kind of just help bring in income um, until we can sustain ourselves on the, the things that we're really passionate about. Yeah, that's awesome. And um, that's, I grew up as the Angus girl and Herford girl. So I can connect with you on both those things. So. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Then, um, <laughs> I feel like once you're a uh, Hereford lover, like you're just a lifetime Hereford know, lover, right? you know, I like mean, you just don't ever stop loving them. Yeah, we had, we had Angus cattle and then um, my first show heifer was a Hereford because my dad was like, I don't think you should show an Angus heifer as your first heifer. They can be a little crazy. Um, so then mm-hmm. I was hooked on the Herefords from there on out pretty much, but um, I love both breeds. <laughs> yep. 
Um, and now your kids are, well, your older son is getting into showing a little bit now as well. So I'm sure that's yeah. uh, taking on a whole nother um, level of the industry as well, right? <laughs> it is. It's fun. I did not grow up showing at okay. all. So it is very foreign to me. I am like the world's worst show mom ever. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I have a lot to learn. And Luke showed growing up. Um, but, you know, that was like 20 years ago. Like, it's right. just completely different yeah. now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Tad loves it. He really, really loves it. He's always really been into sports. Um, and this was last year was the first year he decided that, um, well, we kind of made him choose. We said he either had to do baseball or you had to do showing yeah. our family couldn't really balance both. Um, and he said, well, I think I really want to give showing a try. And so we said, okay. And we got a Hereford <laughs> um, and he showed, we got a Hereford named Carly and he showed her last year. Um, and it, it was different because of COVID. And so I know that, um, you know, it was actually kind of nice for us because we were able to kind of dip our toes in and ease ourselves into to the showing world um but this year he wants to up the ante and we're showing two and so we have a, a show steer and then um we'll do another breeding heifer and yeah it's it's an interesting world um like I said I'm learning a lot about it but it's been really fun and it's it's really fun to see Tad have such a passion for it and really you know take the lead and we were kind of concerned that we would be the ones out feeding and grooming and doing all the work as the parents Right. Um, but Tad really took ownership and he did a really good job. And so, you know, that's always fun to see work ethic like that in your child. So overall showing 2019 was great. We'll see how 2020 goes. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Or no. So 2020. I'm a year off. Show season yeah. 2020 was okay. We'll see how 2021 goes. We're just not going to count 2020 because let's be real. It's right. Exactly. Also, <laughs> I went to, um, the state fair of texas last week and it was like the first like big show i guess that's kind of gone on here in texas and everyone was just so excited to be back back in the show ring um so yes there it is the atmosphere is fun i mean you know you can feel it in the air when you sh step into those we went to some smaller ones and then we did the big um our state fair and when, mm -hmm. you know so when we got down to the state fair i was like oh i get it you know it's, it's yeah. a fun atmosphere to be a part for sure. And I'm sure too, kind of unique for you guys to be able to see the other side of kind of, you're obviously raising cattle on the ranch, ranching side of things, but in the show industry too, to kind of see where things overlap and the disconnect as well sometimes. <laughs> yes. I actually talk about that a lot because um, growing up in the registered industry in Montana, I wasn't exposed to like feed. I mean, there are not a ton of feedlots up there. Yeah. There are not a ton of, you know, I guess I just wasn't exposed to other areas of the beef industry as much as what I saw in front of my eyes every single day, which is just a registered operation. And so kind of like you said, even though you're in the agriculture industry, there's still, it's, it's still a huge industry. There are still so many sectors of it that you don't understand, or you may not have been exposed to. Um, and so, yeah, for me, it was really interesting to see showing and and it's been interesting to learn you know about even cow calf and feedlot now that I'm down here in Nebraska because those are super prevalent in this area and, and I like I said you know feedlots are I don't even know how many there are in Montana but not a lot and so that's yeah. an industry that I've really really um, come to learn a lot about and yeah like you said there's a little there can be a disconnect even though you're in agriculture yeah for sure and I think just being able to kind of see like what you're doing how that maybe impacts a different line or a different area in the industry as well 
So just how it all works together. I love now that I can finally fully understand and see it all come full circle and how each sector plays a very important role to contribute from going from pasture to plate. I mean, we can't do it without without everyone playing their role, kind of the same thing we talk about, you know, individuals on the ranch. It's just not doable without everyone, you know, contributing what they do. And so, yeah, it's been, it's, I love now that I understand more about the full cycle, you know, of the beef industry. Yeah. And so kind of just time's sake, kind of wrapping things up here, but as far as maybe now to kind of seeing those other sides, what's maybe, how has that impacted how you are maybe telling your story or telling agriculture's story now? Um, through kind of your platforms? Yeah, it's it changed it a lot. I mean, you, of course, never want to say something stupid. And right. so, you know, like in the beginning, I kind of stuck to what, to what I knew. And so now, you know, as I learn more, I feel like I can be a true advocate for the, to the industry and share more about each, you know, um, sector and, and really try and build each sector up. I, I think that's something important in agriculture that you know, we're only 2% of the population. And so it's important that we're building each other up, even though we come from different areas or maybe farm or ranch a little bit differently. Um, I still think we're a part of the same community. And so, yeah, I love that um, I'm continually learning and thankfully I am because now I, I feel like I, like I said, I can do a little bit better of a job being an advocate for, you know, all the areas, um, which I think is really important to, to stay true to being you know, agriculture as a whole, this is who we are and we support everyone. Exactly. And just the, the agriculture community, I, I mean, I grew up in it, obviously, so I have a, a specific opinion about it, but um, I really think that it's one that's um, very supportive and encouraging of everyone else in the community. Um, great, great place to raise kids, that's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. I always say that the agriculture community is made up of some of the, you know, the kindest people I've ever met, the most hardworking people I've ever met. Just there are some wonderful attributes of people who work in agriculture. And, and I've always been extremely, extremely proud to come from that background. Exactly. I could, could not agree more. Um, so Natalie, where can people find you if they are wanting to connect? Um, very simple. It's centered around my name. <laughs> Um, so on Instagram, we are uh, Natalie Kavorik, so N-A-T-A-L-I-E, and then Kavorik is K-O-V-A-R-I-K, and then on YouTube, we're the Kavoriks, so. Perfect, and I will tag that in um, all of the things that this will come out on. Um, so Natalie, thanks yeah, so much great. for spending time with me today. I'm glad we were able to sit down with kind of the craziness that's occurring right now, so thanks so much for, for taking a few minutes to chat. No, thank you for having me. It's always fun to, to meet other people and get on other, you know, uh, platforms like this to, to all share and promote each other. So I am, I'm honored that you asked me. Um, and yeah, it was fun. Great. Thanks so much. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Dirt. Don't forget to follow us on social media at AgChicks and that the visual version of every episode can be found on YouTube on our AgChicks channel. We'll see y'all next time.